Well, it's good to be here and be back in my pulpit. I have, uh, it's like, uh, it's like your, your bed. It's good to go away, but boy, there's nothing like your home bed and good to be back. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Second uh, Samuel chapter 17 and verse 23. I'm going to begin a new series of sermons this morning on Old Testament characters. Now, when I say Old Testament characters, I'm not talking about characters like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and Jeremiah and Daniel and some of those people that you quite are well familiar with. But we're going to talk about some characters that perhaps you're not too familiar with. We did this in the spring. We looked at some New Testament characters that uh, we're not as familiar with them as some of the others. And so we're going to look at some uh, characters that uh, I believe that you're going to learn some valuable, valuable lessons from. And um, I, as I've started studying some of these characters, it's been amazed. I've been amazed of the tremendous truths that I have learned from them. And so I'm excited about sharing them with you today. Today we're going to talk about a man that was a grandfather. And uh, immediately I recognize and identified with him when, he's, when I realized he was a grandfather. There's nothing like grandchildren. Uh, I tell you, everybody ought to be a grandpa and a grandma. And if you don't have grandchildren, you ought to go out and steal one. I mean, they're, they're just something special about grandchildren. I, uh, that's why I think this vacation that we had this past uh, couple of weeks ago was so, so wonderful that I had all my grandkids together. And I was able to spend time with them uh, uh, every day for a week. And uh, what a blessing it was. I think that's one of the reasons they call it uh, being a grandfather, because it's grand. Amen. We're going to talk about a man by the name of Ahithophel. Now, I want everybody to learn how to say that. Ahithophel. Let's say it one more time. Ahithophel. Ahithophel was a grandfather. You may not be too familiar with him, but you... The devil was really trying to mess me up this morning. Uh, They tell us they're working on some lines outside, and I don't know if that's causing some interference uh, there's some places, I think Kinsville High School uh, is without power, and they're trying to restore power, and they're working on some lines. I don't know if that is causing the problem, but I wish they would stop. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we'll just have to put up with it, I guess. Stand with me in reverence of reading God's Word. Second Samuel chapter 17 Verse 
Now when her hip, I'm, can I get another mic? Let's, handheld mics. Let's try your mic. Let's. Let's try that. I know it's distracting to you, but it is especially distracting to me. I can't concentrate like I, I need to concentrate. Listen, listen to what the Bible says. Second Samuel chapter 17, verse 23. Now when Ahithophel saw that his advice was not followed, he saddled a donkey and arose and went home to his house, to his city. Then he put his household in order and hanged himself and died. And he was buried in his father's tomb. Who in the world is Ahithophel? What I want to do today, I want to take his life and divide it into three chapters. And you're going to be more familiar with Ahithophel than you realize because Ahithophel had a granddaughter that you well know in the Scripture, and her name was Bathsheba. And so we're going to look at that in a few moments. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come together today thanking you so much for your precious word. Thank you, Father, for allowing us to go and to discover some wonderful truth about some Bible characters that we can identify. And Lord, we believe that you have a special word in store for us today. We pray, dear Father, that the spirit and the anointing and the filling of your spirit would be upon us upon the preaching and the hearing of your word. Lord, use this day and this moment to draw men unto you. That is our prayer. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we begin to look at the life of Ahithophel, I want us to begin to think about early in his life of the blessings that distinguished his life. Now, you begin to notice that the Bible reminds us that he is a grandfather and that he was known among his peers as a great counselor. In fact, Ahithophel throughout the Old Testament, ten different times referred to as a counselor. Now, we're going to begin to look at people came and sought his counsel. They began to seek his advice. He was a very popular counselor. No doubt that people sought the wisdom of Ahithophel. 
because Ahithophel seemed like he understood man and God in ways beyond others. And so he began to share that advice. And so people respected and revered his counsel. But he was not only a popular counsel, but he was a prestigious counselor. The Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 15, verse 12, and 1 Chronicles chapter 17, verse 23, said that he was known as the king's counselor. In other words, he was King David's counselor. Just like our president, he would have counselors, advisors, and people that he would go to in time of crisis. And there he would seek their advice. I can almost imagine Ahithophel would be there in the chambers of King David. And as King David was approached with a crisis or a situation at hand, he would turn to Ahithophel and he would say, what would you do? Ahithophel, in a situation like this. So you began to recognize that he was a very prestigious counselor, that the king of all Israel would seek the advice of Ahithophel. But not only was he a popular counselor, people would seek his advice. Not only was he a prestigious counselor, that the king himself would seek the advice of Hithophel. But he was a premier counselor. The Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 16, verse 23, Now the advice of Hithophel, which he gave in those days, was as if one had inquired at the oracle of God. Listen to that. So was also the advice of Hithophel both with David and with Absalom. In other words, his advice was as if it was the word of God, that he would speak, and it would be as if the oracles of God, and as he would share, people would listen, and they would say, this would be of God to do such a thing. So not only was he a good advisor, a good counselor, but here he was a godly counselor, a man that who knew God, who walked with God, who loved God and gave the counsel of God. My friend, many times in life we are faced with decision-making. And sometimes we will seek after somebody to give advice. No doubt a child or a young person would seek the advice of their parents. Or even their parents would seek the advice of their parents and many times in making decisions. And oh, how thankful we are of people of wisdom and that gives Godly counsel. And so here was a man that was blessed by giving godly 
counsel. But something happened to Ahithophel. Something took place in his life that his life began to turn around. And that brings me to the second part of that chapter of life. And that is that his blessings that distinguished his life now have turned. That bitterness has defiled his life. What in the world happened? What in the world happened to this man that left him with bitterness as we read in the scripture, even to the point that he took his own life? Had to do with his granddaughter. And immediately when I spoke of his his granddaughter's name, Bathsheba, you recognized who she was. She was, of course, of that lady that David had that adulterous affair. You recognize immediately that she was the one that was married to Uriah, that David had killed, trying to cover up the sins of his life. So the affair pierced the heart of Ahithophel. And the Bible tells us very greatly about Ahithophel. 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 34 tells us, says, Elam, the son of Ahithophel, the Gilanite. Elam, the son of Ahithophel. Now you turn to 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 3. And it says, David inquired after the woman, and one said, is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam? Hithophel's son, of course, was Elam, which was, of course, was the father of Bathsheba. No doubt, Hithophel loved his granddaughter. No doubt. He had visions of her being happy and wonderful married to Uriah. And then the sad news came to him one day that she had an affair with the king. No doubt, not only the king, but a friend of Ahithophel. And there, David had committed adultery with her. And David had her husband killed. Oh, my friend, soon sadness began to rip the heart of Ahithophel when the shocking news came to him that Bathsheba was with the child of David. And oh, how must it must have pierced his heart and pierced his life. Anger began to pollute his heart. It appeared that the events that followed Hithophel blamed David for the affair. David being the king and David being one of authority David was the one that Ahithophel felt seduced his granddaughter and had that adulterous affair and had his son-in-law 
his death arranged. Can you imagine the grandfather feeling the way that he must have felt during that time? How could David, a man after God's own heart, do such a thing to take advantage of this girl or this woman? I'm sure that as Ahithophel must have thought that it had not been for David, Bathsheba would have never been in the mess that she was in that day. And so he placed the blame upon King David. Listen to what the Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 16, verse 20. And following. Then Absalom said to Ahithophel, Give advice as to what we should do. And Ahithophel said to Absalom, Go into your father's concubines, whom he has left to keep the house, and all Israel will hear that you are abhorred by your father. Then the hands of all who are with you will be strong. Here was a man that had given godly advice all of his life. Now he's giving godless advice to Absalom, the son of David. Ahithophel thinking, I'll get back and I will revenge David for what he has done. And I will bring hurt and shame to David. And of course, Absalom was after David, his his father, and David had to flee and run for his own life. And Absalom sought the advice of Ahithophel what to do. And Ahithophel said, go to David's concubines and have an affair with them. He was trying to say to David, you reap what you sow. Ahithophel's heart began to be filled with bitterness. Sort of reminded me about an old Quaker. This Quaker was trying to milk this cow, and this cow was an honorary cow. And uh, as he got down and sat down on his stool, that old cow stepped on his foot. That Quaker best as he could he pulled his foot back and he began to milk that cow and about that time that old cow's tail came back and hit him across the face like a whip once again he began to approach that cow to milk that cow and about that time no less than just the moment as that Quaker began to milk him that that cow kicked him next to the the wall of that barn. 
That old Quaker got up and he got right in the face of that cow. And he said, you know that, that I cannot, as a Quaker, strike thee. He said, but I'll tell you what I will do. I'll sell you to a Baptist. (laughs) It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me when something happens in our life, when somebody offends us, when somebody hurts us, of how the root of bitterness can begin to grow in your heart. And it's amazing to me how that root of bitterness can grow to the point that it can change your whole complexion and your whole attitude and your whole outlook of life. And that's exactly what happened to Ahithophel. Oh, my friend. So it reminded me what I read in a newspaper one time in a classified ad. Wedding dress for sale. Never worn, we'll trade for a 38 caliber pistol. (laughs) My friend, I want you to understand sort of remind me of Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson that was sentenced to prison for rape. He became so negative and he became so vile and angry. He said this, I hate everybody. He said, I quote, I know they say, now you cannot hate the world and don't be bitter, but I hate Everybody. <clears throat> Little did he understood that he was the blame for his problems. I repeat how easy it is to get hurt in life today by some people that you may love and you respect. I might be talking to some people here today that's carrying around a root of bitterness. Something has happened. Somebody did you wrong. Somebody said something about you. Somebody hurt you in a way that you never would have imagined. And you have never, ever dealt with that problem. Well, my friend, I'm here to tell you, if you don't deal with that root of bitterness, it will deal with you. And you better deal with it. Let's go to the third part, the third chapter of Ahithophel's life. Not only the blessings that distinguished his life, and not only the bitterness that defiled his life, but the behavior that destroyed his life. Sir Thomas Fuller said, Malice has a strong memory. I remember reading in a book called Lee, The Last Years of Charles Brayson Floyd reports of the Civil War of Robert E. Lee. When he visited a lady in Kentucky, 
And when he visited her, he noticed her countenance was sad. And there she had taken him to this old oak tree. And there the artillery fire from the battles that had been taken place there on that land had literally debarked and destroyed that tree. She looked at Lee for a word of condemning the north as or at least sympathizing with her about that tree. Then all of a sudden Lee just paused. And as he paused, he said, cut it down, my dear, and forget it. That's exactly what some of us needs to do. Cut it down and forget it. Because, I'm going to tell you, it can destroy your life. The root of bitterness. That's exactly what Ahithophel should have done. He should have forgotten what David had done. But Ahithophel would not forget. David had hurt his granddaughter. And he was seeking revenge. And bitterness dominated him. It dominated him. I want you to see how Hithophel gave terrible advice to Absalom. He says in 2 Samuel chapter 17, verses 1 and 2, Moreover, Ahithophel said unto Absalom, Let me now choose out 12,000 men, and I will arise and pursue after David this night. And I will come upon him while he is weary and weak-handed. And I will make him afraid. And all the people that are with him shall flee. And I will smite the king only. Ahithophel had one thing in mind. And that was revenge was the dominating force in his life. It was the drive that was within him, and it was revenge. I have been around people before that who had a root of bitterness, and their face looked like they had been winged on a dill pickle. They were sour. Their countenance was terrible. So it reminds me about this uh, cartoon I saw one time. Had this uh, uh, doctor holding this baby that just been born, and he was spanking his rear end. And instead of the baby crying, the the caption came from the baby, "Call my lawyer." <laughs> That's where a lot of people are today. Bitterness can dominate you. And bitterness can destroy you. And that's exactly what happened to Ahithophel. Armand M. Nikolai, professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School, had written about Sigmund Freud. Sigmund Freud died when he was about 
83 years of age. And in his book, he wrote what Sigmund Freud wrote in 1918. Listen to what Freud wrote. He says, I have found little that is good about human beings on the whole. And in my experience, most of them are trash. No matter whether they publicly subscribe to this or that ethical doctrine or to none at all. And they tell us that Freud died friendless. Does that surprise you? He died friendless. Hithophel was a very bitter, bitter man. And we find that Hithophel asked Hushai what he thought about, or Absalom asked Hushai what Ahithophel's recommendations would be. And it said in 2 Samuel chapter 17, verse 7, Hushai said unto Absalom, The counsel that Ahithophel had given is not good at this time. Of all the counsel that Hithophel had given down through the years, Hushai, which was another counselor, said, Hithophel's counsel is not good. You know what Hithophel did? He was saying, if I can't revenge, if I can't get even, if I can't get back and destroy David, listen to what the scripture says in 2 Samuel chapter 17, verse 23. Now when Ahithophel saw that his advice was not followed, he saddled a donkey and arose and went home to his house, to his city. Then he put his household in order and hanged himself and died. And he was buried in his father's tomb. Filled with rage and bitterness, he could not bear the thought that if David did not pay for his sins, I cannot live. Horse, Horse Bushnell said, forgiveness is man's deepest needs and highest achievements. Isn't that so true? Doing injury puts you below your enemy. Revenging one makes you even with him. And forgiving sets you above him. Mark Twain said something that I thought was so magnificent. Forgiveness is the fragrance that the flower leaves on the heel of the one who crushes it. Forgiveness fills the heart with a beautiful fragrance. William Arthur Ward said, life lived without forgiveness becomes a prison. And is that not true? A lot of people today 
are in prison because they're not willing to forgive. I remember one time there was this lady whose mother had died and she was so broken about her mother dying. And I just assumed that it was because they were so close. Come to find out, she had not spoken to her mother in eight years. Something happened in their life. Something that took place that she blamed her mother for. And she refused to speak to her. And now she's dead. Never having the opportunity to speak to her ever again. I wonder how many people today that enter into the church building wanting to serve the Lord and yet because of something that has happened in their life there is a root of bitterness and that bitterness has developed into hate and that hate has developed into a prison. And there you find yourself destroying yourself more than you're destroying the other person. What do you do when somebody offends you? What do you do when somebody hurts you? But pastor, you don't understand what they did to me. Pastor, you don't understand how hurt I was over this situation. Pastor, if you only knew the pain that I'm going through. The greatest example for forgiveness is not the Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus was there on the cross, endured all the pain and all the turmoil that he experienced, what did he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you've experienced. I don't know what you've endured. But I do know that if you live long enough, somebody's going to hurt you. You live long enough, somebody's going to say something about you that is not true or that is hurtful. You live long enough, somebody's going to do something. that it's going to be painful against you. How do you deal with it? How do you deal with it? If you don't deal with it, my friend, I'm here to tell you, it will deal with you. It will destroy you. And it will destroy your relationship. Perhaps to some of the most Special, special people.
in the world. I know how much I love my grandkids. And if somebody would hurt them, it would be hurtful to me. I hope I would never become a, a Hithophel. I hope I would never become one that would become so bitter to the point that I would take my own life because I could not seek the revenge upon hurting them. I hope and pray that God's grace would be sufficient in allowing me to forgive and to forget. I challenge you today with a number of people that are here today. I'm sure I'm talking to some people that's harboring their grudge. Friend, deal with it. And the best thing you can do is take it to the cross. Take it to the cross and leave it there. Lord Jesus.